listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. So, welcome this morning. If you're visiting with us, I've met a visitor already this morning, but if you're visiting here, we're so glad to have you. Uh, Today's a bit different, Family Worship Week. We have people coming from the back, just finishing their breakfast. They'll be joining us in a minute. Uh, But as we start, we're going to mix things up. Is that on? Am I on? All right, am I on? Donna, if you hit Bob right here, the hearing goes back on. All right, thank you. All right, can you hear me okay now? All right. Got a thumbs up in the back row. Uh, so this morning's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be, I'm going to go through the announcements this morning. We're going to get that taken care of first. We're going to take up our offering in a few minutes. And so we'll do that. And then we're going to go into one song. We're just going to pull everyone back together with a song. And then we have a great privilege this morning. Uh, Dr. John Johnson um, from Memphis is here with us. So let's welcome him. John has been busy uh, Friday night and Saturday yesterday just ministering and encouraging our worship team. Uh, and so this morning, he's going to be encouraging the whole church. Um, he is a man who's a professor at Visible Music College. He's been pastor of churches. He's a fantastic worship leader. And so he has a lot to bring to us today. And so I'm just encouraging you early to prepare your hearts, get ready to hear just a great message. And then we're going to spend some time seeking the Lord together this morning um, after he preaches. It is great to be with you here at Living, Living Word Church. It's been a few years, and I want to just give thanks to God um, for Dave and for Samantha and for their family inviting me in. It's been a wonderful time to be able to be with the worship leaders on Friday evening and then for the worship teams on yesterday and just to see what God is doing amongst us. I want to be able to give you a word this morning that we'll be able to actually uh, practically outwork. Um, And it's equipping for you, the congregation. One of the things that God really impressed upon my heart some years ago was that oftentimes there is training, there is equipping for the worship leaders, There's equipping for the worship teams, but not too much is being given to equip the congregation of which they lead, and you make the majority. And so the Lord began to give me some teachings that could be given to the people of God to equip you so that we can go beyond the song. So many times when the song ends... There's silence in the room, and we're waiting for the next song. But there's much inside of us that God has placed that he wants us to be able to tap into and to bring great praise to his name. Not just in the gathered worship time, but in times of where we are on our cars and we're traveling on the highways, or we might be at work and we just take a praise break. I don't know about you, but there are There are times that you just need to take a praise break and begin to 
magnify the name of the Lord, to let him know how grateful we are for who he is, that he is actively with us, and that we are his people. Um, I, I know that some of the things that I'm going to be talking about this morning might stir you, so I'm going to give you permission that if you need to jump up, it's okay. It's all right. That's a good response to the word of the Lord. And, and if you just feel like, I just can't, I can't take it anymore, and you want to lift your hands high, it's okay. You have freedom here at Living Word to be able to do, <laughs> to be able to do that. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. And so, um, if you can't say amen, the walls are going to scream out in your behalf uh, because uh, we want to bring the word of the Lord, and then at the end of it, we want to gather together, and we're going to practically outwork it. Are you, are you with me this morning? Amen. If you can turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. going to just pray and then we'll get straight into the word. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be with your people. Thank you for what you've done already. Thank you that as we look into your word now, we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, we open up our ears, we open up our eyes that we may see wonderful things from your word. Lord, I pray that you would ignite us, that you will enlighten us, give us revelation, give us insight, and then of what we hear, Lord, we want to be able to put it into practice. We want to integrate it into our lives. We want to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're already here and that you're moving now amongst your people, and we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. In Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2, it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Would you say that with me? Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 103, out of the Amplified, says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. It says, Bless affectionately, affectionately, bless and praise the Lord. And then it says, in verse 2, it says, And forget not one of all. His benefits. When I was first reading this and I read it out of the Amplified, it shocked me that the Amplified says, and forget not one of all his benefits. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've got a lot of work to do. In this room alone, 
there are books that can be written of the good things and the benefits that God has given to each one of us. There would be so much praise that we would have to tell the band, you can only do one song this morning because we've got so much praise that we need to give and we'll have to give to the Lord. As a result of remembering, recalling, bringing to mind all the things that God has done. At the beginning of it, it says, bless or praise the Lord according to whatever the translation that you may have. But it's a command that the psalmist, and I believe it's David, is giving to his soul. Every song and every psalm has an audience. And sometimes we get it wrong. And we're singing a song that should be sung to ourselves and we're looking up to the Lord. And we're closing our eyes and we're focusing in on Him. But it's actually a psalm that we should be speaking to our own souls and commanding our souls to praise the Lord. Some people say that it's not a good thing for a man or for a person to talk to themselves. And then they say, if he certainly starts answering himself, then it's really gone bad. How many of you have heard that before? I disagree with that. I defy that statement. And I tell you this, it has everything to do with what we are saying to our soul that will determine whether it's healthy or whether it's whole or whether it's wholesome. If we're speaking the word of God to ourselves, if we're speaking things that God has said about us, things that we are to accomplish here upon this earth, I believe that that's going to bring health and wholeness and restoration to our souls. If we're speaking things that are demeaning and defaming, then the soul is going to be an unhealthy soul. This morning when I woke up, I spoke to myself. Some of you did too. And if you didn't, you're not telling the truth. And I, it was cold. It was a little bit cool in the room. And I knew I had to get up. But my, my mind was saying, you, you, you can rest a little bit more. Why are you trying to rush this? The pillow was just right. The covers were pulled over just right. The warmth was there. Come on, somebody, talk to me. And, and, and you realize, wait a minute, do I have to do this right now? And so we can speak to our own souls, and we can tell our souls, this is the point. If we do not command our own souls, our souls will command us. And God wants us to speak to our souls. Sometimes we come into the gathered, gathered worship time and we don't feel like it. We feel that there's things that have been going wrong, been going awry. The children have not been acting right. They didn't put their shoes on. You dressed them. Then they got messed up. Then you had to go back and do it again. And you don't feel like it. That's when you have to command your soul. When you don't feel like it is when you need it most. The psalmist said, not just once, praise the Lord, O my soul. He said it twice. And I believe that that's sometimes what we have to do to our souls. I remember when I was growing up, 
mom would say to me, she would say, John, this is what I want you to do. And I would stay glued to the television. She'd come back through and she'd say it a little bit different the second time. She would say, John Harvey, did you not hear me? And I went, oh, 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 sorry, Mom. She said, come here. I'm going to help you connect your ears. They seem to be stopped up. Pull your pants down. I've got a belt for you. Now, back in those days, that was called discipline. I won't say any more. <laughs> Things have changed, haven't they? Forget. Let me give you a definition of what forget means. It really brought something to my mind, and I looked at forget means to lose the remembrance of, to cease from doing, to treat with inattention, or disregard, or to cease noticing. I thought, ooh, I'm not sure I like the sound of this. When I understood the definition of forget, I had to ask myself a question. Does God want me to bring to remembrance all of the blessings, all of the benefits all of the deeds and the acts that he has done for me in praise? When I clearly understood that the answer was yes, I knew then that I had a lot of ground to recover. Like the psalmist, I knew that I had to properly train and to uh, do a number of recalls and uh, rehearsing of what God had done for me. When I realized that, the Lord said, name this well, the well of rehearsed memory. The well of rehearsed memory. Say it with me. The well of rehearsed memory. You see, this well is in every one of us. Every one of us, we have this well in us. And there's much in this well that we can draw out to be able to intelligently, memorably, uh, with meaningful praise that we can give to God at all times. I'm going to give you some of those keys as we go through this morning. Let's define memory. Memories are stored events experiences and occurrences that have happened in our past. Memories are stored events or experiences and occurrences that have happened in our past. Each individual has memories. Some memories are of good and wonderful occurrences, and then some are not so good. When we recall certain things, there can be a sense of gladness, rejoicing, and others can make us sad or angry or depressed. However, for the believer, we've got a choice. We can take every memory, whether it's good or bad, whether it brings us sadness 
or gladness, and we can allow God to work in the midst of it and bring good out of it. One of the things that we can like and we can really rejoice in about our God is that our God has the ability to take things that the enemy meant for evil and bring good out of it. He frustrates the work of the evil one. And I love that. What God can do just frustrates the enemy because he meant it for our evil. And God says, hold on. I'm going to bring some great good out of this. Not only for you, but you'll be able to, as a result of what I will do in your life, you'll be able to touch the lives of others and be able to bring them hope. There are three different functions of our memory that I would like to give to you today. And in our souls, there's an amazing ability to, one, store, two, recall, and three, rehearse. We also have the ability to, um, to store or to place an event or an occurrence or an experience in a place or a location in our minds, in our brains for later retrieval. We also have the ability to recall, to remember, and to bring back to our minds, to recollect. It is the ability to remember information or experiences that have occurred in our past. And lastly, we have the ability to rehearse or to practice in preparation for a recital or for a performance. It is the ability to run through by recalling and reciting all details of an event, a person, or a situation. Some of this we can do voluntarily, and other things can be done involuntarily. I remember sitting in a dentist's office and as I was sitting there, some song came on the radio, and it took me back to 1965. And I went, wow. I could remember where I was. I could sort of even remember the hairstyle I had. Come on. I could remember the style of jeans that we wore. Some of you all who are... 40 and above, you all know what I'm talking about. They have jeans now that they have scrubbed and they have caused raveling of the threads. We had those, but we didn't have to take them. No manufacturer did it for us. We wore those jeans down. We had no idea that later that this would become a fad and you would pay great money for that. We should have saved them, huh? <laughs> but this is involuntary. We can have a memory that just comes. It can be by a smell. It can be by a sound. It can be by words that are spoken or phrases that can bring involuntarily, it can bring a memory up. Or voluntarily, we can call upon it ourselves. And we can pull it up. And we can retrieve it out of our minds and out of our brains. God wants us to do that. 
He wants us to be able to do that. And here is why. Because it's in the midst of trial and struggle. It's in the midst of tough times that the first thing that seems to go is our memory. The Israelites. God has bought them out. God has rescued them by a mighty hand. Moses has been sent and Aaron with him. And they have done miracle after miracle. Ten plagues that was sent upon the land of Egypt. And upon every plague, it was a, it was a slam and a sham against the gods of which the Egyptians worshipped. Then God led them out by a mighty hand. Bottom to the Red Sea, there was mountains on both sides. The Egyptians were in back of them. They began to mumble and grumble and say, Moses, did you bring us out to kill us? Were there no graves in Egypt? When they bought and they came out, they were so excited. They said, give me an M. M. Give me an O. Oh. Give me an S-E-S. Yes, Moses, Moses, he's our man. Come on, tribe, say it again. <laughs> now they're at the Red Sea. They're blocked in. The Egyptians are after them. What have you done? What have you done? Someone in the tribe of Issachar said, Give me an M. Give me an O. Give me an S-E-S. Let's kill him. And they... They failed to do something. They kept forgetting what God had done for them. The same God who had bought them out, his whole purpose was to bring them in. God never takes something and tells us to take something off without telling us to put something on. He never closes one door without him opening the next door. This great God of ours, he never brings us out. He only brings us out to bring us into. We forget. We forget. We fail to give the right attention. We disregard. We fail to remember. I uh, want to give you a personal testimony. My children, we were living in California at the time, and we told them, if you do good in school, you get good grades, we want to take all of you to Disneyland. We said, but you've got to do well first. You've got to study hard. We want you to finish well. Oh, Dad, we will. We will. It was at that time that Disney had on television a theme song, and it went something like this. 
We're going to Disneyland. 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 My daughter went through the house. She said, oh, we're going to Disneyland. We're going home. Mom and Dad, we love you. You're such wonderful parents. You all, you just do things to really make us happy and joyful. Thank you. Thank you. They did well in school. We gathered them up in the car, in the van. We headed off early to Disneyland. It was a very hot day. And so we bought the expensive tickets. Disney does not allow you to bring in sack lunches. So we spent the morning going from ride to ride, this place to that place, standing in long lines. My wife and I were looking at you and saying, when are we going to get happy? <laughs> in the happiest place in America. We didn't mind. We sacrificed. We were there not for us, for our children. We wanted to bless them. We wanted to make them happy. Well, noontime came. We took them to whatever place that they wanted to get their favorite food. Very expensive. But, oh, we wanted to do this for our kids. So we bought them whatever they wanted. They ate it, and they ate it all up. Back in lines. Fortunately, Disney had these sprays, and so we would wait and let the spray hit us so that we could cool down. Then towards the evening, we fed them again. Expensive food. But that's okay. We love them. They're our children. We want to do wonderful things for them. And we did. Then... We watched the electric show. They were dazzled. They loved it. Mickey Mouse, everyone was singing. Oh! On the way home, we stopped at the next happiest place, McDonald's. <laughs> and we thought, we'll give them ice cream and whatever else that they want to eat and whatever shake you want. Oh, Dad, Mom, oh, we love you. We love you. We love you too. We got home. They were very tired. They went to sleep. A few weeks later, what's wrong with you all? Nothing. Well, if nothing is making you this sad, what's going on, guys? Are you all right? I guess. You guess? What? Did something die? No. 
Our friends are going to go to Magic Mountain. They're going to go to different places. And you guys don't do anything for us. In fact, you spend all your money on yourselves. We're so bored. We don't have anything good to do. Nothing to look forward to. Well, we're almost wishing that school would start again. Just so we could have something that, to break up the monotony. We went, really? We, we spend all our money on ourselves. We don't do anything for you. And as we were pondering it, the Lord spoke in my heart. And he said, son, do not despair. I have children just like that. turn in your Bibles or in your devices, and let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I'm going to show you ways that we can draw from this well. This well is a deep well within every individual here. Have you ever gotten to the point in gathered worship that you, the song has stopped, but there was silence? Have you gotten to the place of where somebody said, let's give praise to God. Come on, let's begin to open our mouth and open up our hearts and let's begin to give praise to God. And you found that you could maybe do it for 15 seconds. I'm going to show you some ways that you will be able to sustain praise. You will be able to bring praise that is memorable, that is meaningful, that is sustainable, and you can do it because you've done the work of drawing from this deep well, the well of rehearsed memory. How many of you like that? Three of us. Let's say it again. How many of you like that? Glory to God. The remainder of our time will be doing that, and then we're going to show you how to actually do it. In 1 Samuel 17, David has been sent by his father Jesse to see how his brothers are. They're in the army. Saul is the commander, the chief commander. And a champion from the Philistines, his name is Goliath, and he has been uh, really kind of spurning them and taunting them for 40 days, two times a day. David comes into the camp, and Goliath shows up. He begins to speak out these reproaches and these tauntings to the army of Israel, and they are afraid, and they run into their tents. And David is appalled. 
of what he sees. David is just a teenager. He has left the keeping of his father's sheep into the hands of another to be able to do this errand. And there he is, and he sees this. Put in your notes if you're taking notes. Faith comes by hearing, but fear also comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing. That's why it's necessary that as believers that we must be careful that we're not tuning in to news on channel 5, channel 7, and channel whatever and hearing all kinds of bad stuff. We do not receive fear. We're not those who will run from fear. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so David comes into the camp and he can't believe what's happening. They're running to their tents and they're shaking and they're afraid. And so David begins to, to, to ask around and say, hey, uh, what's going on here? And they begin to tell David, hey, listen, uh, the man who, who kills this and who goes against Goliath, the Saul is going to give him uh, freedom from property tax for his family, going to give him his daughter. It's gonna, there's some benefits here. David is going, there's something deeper here that we want to get to. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should be defying the army of Israel? And he it keeps inquiring, and then he is bought before Saul. Because he didn't give up, he kept inquiring, he kept asking. He's bought to Saul. And that's where we want to pick it up. And it says that uh, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. This is in verse 31. And Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been fighting He's a fighting man from his youth. You know, I'm so glad that this is a Sunday where all of the youth are here in this building because I looked at that and I thought, okay, we allow the enemy to train while he's young, but we don't want the children of God's children to be trained until they get older. No. I'm glad to know that here at Living Word, the Word of God is being given to the young, to the teenagers, to the young adults, so that they can be trained now to know how to fight against the enemy. Have you noticed that the enemy has not stopped attacking the young people? Have you noticed that there seems to be on a rise for anxiety attacks and depression amongst the youth? Have you noticed that the enemy is after our children? And we're saying, you're not going to have them. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to have them. And we're going to teach them in their youth to know how to stand against you now. So David, David says to Saul in verse 34, your servant, okay, here, here are the steps I'm going to give you. The steps are the initial recall, the initial recall, 
The second step is the recalling, and that is the sequential run-through of events. And the third is to remember God's involvement with you. And the last step is almost all-encompassing, but it's testifying of God's faithfulness. So the first step is the initial recall. The second is the sequential run-through of events. The third is remembering God's involvement with you. And the last step is testifying of God's faithfulness. So let's take a look at it. In verse 34, here's the initial recall. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. This last step is he's testifying of God's, of God's faithfulness in it. And he says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So you find in this passage, David does an initial recall of when he was with his father's sheep. Then he goes through a sequential run through of events with the lion and the bear. And then he testifies of God's faithfulness to be with him. And so what we need to do is to take these steps and we're going to recall for ourselves what God has done for us. There is, speak it out, the initial recall, then what? Run through of events. Three. Yes, and lastly, testify of God's faithfulness. So that when David did this, before I go into that, uh, do you all have a zoo here in, in Chicago? In Memphis, they have, a, they have a really good zoo in Memphis. Um, when I read this passage, sometimes we can skip over things and go, mm-hmm. But um, you have to remember, David was not a man here. He was a young teenager. And when a lion came in and wanted dinner on one of his lambs, David said no. And then went after it and just took the lamb out of its mouth. I think David would have said, okay, leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. But the lion says, no, I, I want it back. David takes him and slays him. What? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've seen some of these lions. And uh, <clears throat> they've been behind bars. I've seen bears. And I don't want any, I don't have anything to do with them 
let them stay behind the bars. I'll stay on my side. You stay on your side. The point is, there is something that's happening in David, and David is being trained by God that I'm going to keep these sheep that have been given to me. I'm going to be a good shepherd. And if anybody comes wanting to take them from me and I can't account for where they're at, I'm going after that and I'm going to bring them back safe. I believe as a result of David being faithful with his father's sheep that God made him shepherd over his people. We just have to do what we've been told to do while we're there. Now here, here, let's look at what Saul says. Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on the sword over the tunic and tried walking around, but he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. And then we know the rest of the story. We don't have time to go into that, but I wanted to show you. David did an initial recall. Then he went through a sequential run-through of events. Then he testified of God's faithfulness with him. And then he, he overall gave an inclusive, all-inclusive testimony of what God had done. When he was at his toughest moment, when he was chasing, facing his, his biggest challenge, David recalls. He recalls what God has done in times past. Here is the beauty. When we, when we take a look at whatever the situation that we're in, whatever it is that we're facing, we've got to remember what God has done in our past. He is the God who was. But this same God who has done in our past is with us now in our present, the God who is. And this great God that we have has already stepped into our tomorrow, the God who is to come. The God who who, who, and he's with us now. So that we have to remember that. And then we are to recall those things. And the thing of which we're facing, we can, by our recall, what it does is it brings faith to our hearts instead of fear. Turn back now to Psalm 103, and I'm going to wrap it up here. How are we doing so far? Psalm 103. What I like about this psalm is that David starts off by commanding his soul to bless or to praise the Lord. And then in verse 2, not to forget the benefits of the Lord. He commands his soul, but look. Look what he happens as a result of him commanding his soul. In verse 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. His soul is beginning to respond to the command. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? What? Five, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles and 
He is doing the very thing of which he has commanded his soul to do, and he's recalling, he's remembering the things that God has done. Listen, saints, how many of you have found satisfaction in your life? There are people in America today that we take it for granted when we come to a place of contentment and satisfaction. We, we take it for granted. Hey, everybody's, no, everybody's not like that. Everybody is not experiencing satisfaction. I did this at Visible on this past, uh, on this past Thursday, but I've got to do it again. Mick Jagger came out with a song. It was prophetic. You say, Mick Jagger singing prophetic song? Yes, he did. It's possible to be singing prophetic song and not know that you're being prophetic. Mick Jagger sang, I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no And I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried, come on, and I've tried, come on. I can't get no, but I don't, but I don't, come on. I can't, but I don't. The man was saying the truth. You can't get no satisfaction without Jesus Christ. It will not come. You can try and try and try and, oh, I can't get no. God has created a space in us that only he can fill and bring contentment and bring satisfaction. The psalmist says, the psalmist says, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The Lord works righteousness and justice. That's what we were calling on this morning. For all the oppressed, he made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, he will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, hallelujah, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it makes me want to run through this church. Amen. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. If that doesn't make you happy, you need to come and see Dave and I at the end of the meeting. We've got some spiritual defibrillators that we can... <laughs> Stand back. Amen. So David doesn't just command his soul. He fulfills the command that he has given to his soul. 
that's what we're going to do today. Um, Courtney, you and your team. While they're coming, I want you to begin thinking now, the initial recall. I want you to think of an event, an experience, a circumstance, and I want you to remember, bring and recall it. Recall it to mind. And I want you to recall it now that you have it. I want you to go through the sequential run-through of event. How God did it. Through who he did it. When you needed it. And then he bought it right on time. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to bring you. And we're going to gather. And we're going to bring out from our memory banks great praise. Sustainable praise. Meaningful this is not just something that we're just trying to fill the air. These are things that God has done in our lives. And we want to bring them and offer them again and again before his throne. Let me just tell you this. I received this morning, I received a gift. And it's a, it's a book that I can write in. I'm going to encourage every family to get one. And I'm going to, after today, because we're going to stir up, we're stirring up. After today, I want you to spend time. It would take probably five to ten minutes each day to pull up a memory. And I want you to fill a journey, journal with it. How many of you have ever prayed and said, oh God, I need more faith. Increase my faith. If you do this, you will never pray that prayer again. When you're faced, when you're faced with a situation that's difficult for your family, you're faced with some son, some daughter, some nephew, some niece, some situation that seems to be looming, it's a giant in your, your present, you take out your journal. You start at page one, and you start reading the memory, the initial recall, the sequential run-through of events. By the time that you get to page three, you will find that faith comes. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of the Lord. By that time, you'll put your book away and say, I speak to this situation in the name of Jesus. You will not loom anymore. You will not bring any fear into my family. The same God who rescued us here is going to be the God who will rescue us now. And you will speak. The praise that will come up from you, fill the book, get another one and another one. And I would say to you parents, when your child is getting married, hand them a book. Hand them a book of remembrance that you have done and tell them, I'm giving you mine, but I want you to now not only take mine, make your own. And that you can refer to, bring this book to corporate worship. Bring it to your own private time and you begin.
to open up and remember all the things that God has done for you. You will never find God saying, oh, I heard that last week. What are you telling me stuff again and again? Give me something new. God knows that you will not have anything new until he reveals new to you. But he loves us, bringing back to him all the things, all the benefits that he has done, the answered prayer, the promises that have come true. Put them in the book. And you will find faith, faith.
don't close our eyes and, and, and look to Jesus. We're commanding. We're commanding. We're saying, soul, come on. Come on. I want you to remember the things that God has done for you. I want you to take every benefit, every act of mercy, every promise, and I want you to recall it. We're speaking to ourselves. It's okay. You're not going to go crazy. You're going to come into health. God's going to do healing. God's going to cause things that have been bottled up to be released. And it's because we're following through on this command. You're going to stir yourselves up. And you're going to say, I know the master has done great things for me and my family. And I'm going to recall every one of them. And I'm going to rehearse them before his throne. You're going to find the pleasure of God. You're going to find the presence of God that will surround you. Sometimes you're going to be doing it. You're going to break into tears because you see, oh, God, you're good. And he'll say, yes, I am. What I want us to do now, let's now begin. You've already done the initial recall. I want us to go through the sequential run-through of events. And let's do that now. Let's lift our voices. No clapping. I'm, we're going to have a time for that. But let's just do that right now. The music real soft. Continue to play, but real soft. Let's do it. Go through it. Lord, I thank you that when these twins were born, the doctors were amazed that at one pound and at two pounds, they didn't even need oxygen. That's because of what you have done. That's because what you did. Lord, you sustained them. You kept them. You protected them. You caused them to grow. You nourished them. Lord, you, you put care in people who would care for them around them 24-7. That's you, Lord. That was you saying that you who keep Israel, you never slumber, you never sleep, and you keep watch over your loved ones. Lord, we just bless your name. We thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. We give glory to you for what you are doing and how you did it, in your wisdom, in your kindness, in your mercy. And we just give you praise and just say thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. pray for you now. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to trust God. Make a commitment to yourself. You will get a notebook, a journal. How many of you notice that when you bring up one, another one follows? That's the way it works. You bring up one situation, and all of a sudden, the memory says, well, well, since we've gotten started, let's go ahead and add this one in there. There are many, many memories 
There are many acts. There are many things that God has done. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to just say thanks for today. Thanks for what you've started that we're going to continue. We're going to follow. Lord, we thank you for the many things that you have done for us. We're going to be faithful to recall them. We're going to go through the sequential run-through of events. We're going to talk about your faithfulness in being with us in it. And Lord, we're going to testify of your goodness and your grace. We're going to tell it again and again and again. Lord, we're thankful to you that you never grow old or tired of us hearing the same testimonies. But that's being faithful. We're being faithful to the revelations that you have given to us of yourself. And we want to just say thank you. You are a great God. You are a good God. And you keep doing good things. And we praise your great name. Hallelujah. Will you do something with me? Let's close out our time. Someone, Psalm 47 says this. Clap your hands, O ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's where we put our clapping with our shouting. I was, I was in Mexico City in the early 70s, and we did a concert with the Mexican orchestra, and we bought a full choir. And at the end of it, the people who came, they were so taken by what had taken place. They stood. They didn't just clap. They began to shout out to us, encore, buenas, bueno, or whatever it was. Good, good. And it was an incredible effect. And I thought, that's Psalm 47 being put into action. We're going to clap and shout to this great God for all that he has done. Let's do it.